you know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback. In and I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love to know what you're Even though I'm straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference for something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. Gentlemen, it's Tuesday, October 26th. This is the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Seth Woolcock back with you. Nate Polvo, aka Sad Broncos fan, also back with you tonight. And it looks like Scott Rainier, our guy out there holding it down in Seattle. He has Sad survived. He has survived the bipocalypse as well. Guys, how are we doing? It is week eight. I feel like I kind of need to take almost like a Zach Morris, like say by the bell timeout pause here. Cause it, it, I mean, we're already at the end of October. Halloween is this week. Um, week eight is coming up, which would traditionally be the halfway point in the fantasy football season. So I, I'm calling timeout here. Welfare check on you guys. I, I can't believe how fast the season's going. And I can't believe how painful it's been to get this far in fantasy, like the injuries and just wow. Um, and then punctuate that. I'm a sad Broncos fan. I forgot to change it from a show earlier. <laughs> and it's pouring rain and cold here. Like fall is officially here. Yep. Same here. Just substitute Seahawks for Broncos. Mm, but yeah. Sad Seahawks fan, raining, cold, although I like that. Um, you know, some teams are separating themselves from the pack. In opposite directions, unfortunately for Nate and I, our teams are going in the wrong direction. One one saving grace is nice is the NFL did give us a little bit of a of a, of a gift after buy NATO. We only have two buys this week. That's yeah. true. And yeah, so uh, it's the Raiders and the Raiders and the Ravens. Um, so not nearly as many players out. Can you imagine if the Ravens had been one of those teams on buy last week? Like take out one of the oh. crappier fantasy teams and throw in Baltimore. Oh, true. It wouldn't have taken. It wouldn't have taken any running backs off the board, though. Well, no, that's true. But hey, Devonta, Devonta Freeman would like to have a word with you, Scott. <laughs> he can have all the words he wants. That's fine. I'm not starting him. Guys, we did. You know, despite the bipocalypse, we did have a lot of fantasy football action. We're gonna kind of assess the landscape, give you what you need to take away from it, and how you can apply it here to Week Eight and moving past that as well. We have temperature check for you on the show, a little matchup management. As always, some sure things, sleepers of the week. And we're going to round it out some weekly advice. As always, we're taking any questions, comments you guys have, either lifestyle, fantasy football related, um, your choice there. But if you do want to ask those questions, head over to our YouTube channel so we can get those up on the screen for you guys. Um, guys, with that said, I mean, I think we should jump right in. We're pretty packed today. Um, 
I mean, I, I don't think there really is a busier time in the fantasy football season than week eight. You know, this is really the time it's make or break for a lot of these teams. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and we're seeing some interesting like situational changes, injuries affecting a player's value. And at this point in the fantasy season, it's like really time to start making some moves. If you're contending and you have a weak spot, go find someone who's not contending and get the player you need to make sure you're staying in the hunt. Yep. And start, start looking at those matchups come fantasy playoffs. If you've got a, if you've got a solid record right now and some bench flexibility, look at, look at those matchups. Not necessarily somebody you're going to start right away, but somebody that might, might be able to clean house for you. In I guess this year it's what week 15, 16, 17. Yes. Yeah. We, we will have a couple of those players coming up on our buy low edition of temperature check this week, guys, I am very pleased to announce that temperature check is presented by monkey knife fight monkey knife fight. If you guys haven't heard of them, we're super excited to be partnering with them for the rest of the fantasy football and the NFL season. Um, if you're not familiar with monkey knife fight guys, it's really one of the fastest growing DFS apps and platforms out there. It's unique, easy to play, and it features their famous more or less contests. And we feature these every, every weekend on our DFS show as well. So you can check that out on, on Sunday mornings with Bo McBigtime and Connor Coughlin. Guys, if you want to check out monkey knife fight, I highly recommend it because you're not going to be forced to play with these professionals. Bo, Connor, the, the guys every every week who are slinging it for us, who know what they're talking about when it comes to DFS, you don't have to play with those guys in this. There's no time-consuming salary cap like you see in DraftKings or FanDuel. And, you know, you can pick, you know, a ton of sports here, guys. Football, baseball, basketball, soccer, golf, NASCAR, UFC. If you're into esports at all, League of Legends, CSGO, any of those are great options as well for you. And I think the best part about partnering with Monkey Knife Fight, guys, is we have all those sports covered here at In Between Media, or at least the majority of them with football, golf, NASCAR, UFC. So, guys, check out Monkey Knife Fight. We're going to throw it one more time back up on the screen for you. If you do want to check it out, use the promo code IBT. You're going to get a free $5 game and 100, 100% instant match of your deposit up to $100. So, great value there from IBT and Monkey Knife Fight. Guys, let's go ahead and head into some temperature check. Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy s***. All right. I love that every time. Every time. Every time. So hot, baby. So hot. So we're going to give you a little bit of maybe what you would call hot takes. We'll see what happens with some of these buy buy lows and and sell highs because I feel like it's always – trading conversations is always something that can really upset a fantasy football manager, Um, You know whether they have one of these guys that you're saying to buy low on or you're telling them to give away someone who's been producing for their team. So, guys, let's go ahead and go through all of our buy lows. Um, Nate, I want to start with you, man. Your buy low is an interesting one who a lot of people can actually probably don't even have to trade for in redraft leagues and probably just grab up after the waiver wires clear this week. Yeah. So I'm hot on Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, and I have a handful of reasons for this. So first of all, if you look at week five and week six, they went up against the Los Angeles chargers and the Arizona Cardinals, both very solid defenses. Uh, he had six targets and five catches against the chargers for 70 yards. And then he had five targets for four catches, 101 yards and two touchdowns against Arizona. 
we're staring down the barrel of Jarvis Landry possibly not coming back this season. Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't been great. I think they're going to start phasing him out of that offense. He's going to see a severely limited amount of probably snap share in general. I don't see him being on the field nearly as often. He's just not clicking there. The next guy up is Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's got a good, I mean, Denver, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Then he's got New England in week 10, Detroit week 11. They go Baltimore back-to-back with a buy-in between in 12 and 14. But then for the fantasy playoffs, they've got Vegas, Green Bay, and Pittsburgh, which I don't hate. Um, I think, and he's like you said, Seth, he's a guy you can get on waivers right now for free. You don't even have to trade for him. You can just go get him. I mean, can you buy any lower than that? So, so to catch everyone up from the last week, last week's episode, Jen was on here. It was one of her short things, sleepers of the week. Donovan Peoples Jones actually did not play yes. on the Thursday night game. I actually had him locked into my lineup. I started him in a league because we didn't get the news until about what eight o'clock, eight oh one, or eight fifteen. Whenever the game started, we got it the news right after that. So he did not play with a groin injury. Jarvis Landry, your boy Juice, he looked great, but then he went out. Yes. I think was what last drive of the game did he go out? And it was early. It was a little bit earlier than that, but okay. it was con- it was concerning. Yeah, yeah. We don't have a status update on him yet. OBJ went out of this game with a shoulder injury, came back in, looked okay at times. Um, I don't know. I, I worry about, honestly, like rostering any Browns pass catchers at this point. Scott, do you, do you think DPJ is, is a guy you wouldn't mind throwing on at the end of your rosters here for free? I have no issue if the price is right. I mean, if he's free off waivers or a little, a little bit of money off waivers – uh, I mean, he's a he's a warm body. He's shown some flashes. Um, I will disagree just a smidge with his playoff matchup. I mean, it's it's a long ways away, but Vegas is currently uh, where are they at? They're third against wide receivers. And, okay, fair and, enough. And Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh's thirtieth, so that's that's good. Um, who is the other team they're playing in that playoff matchup? It is Pittsburgh. It is Green Green Bay. Green Bay is eighth. So. Again, a lot can happen between now and then, um, and we're we are starting to get to the point of the season where looking at uh, looking at full season fantasy points allowed can start to skew a little. Yes, you want to pay attention to just the last few weeks. Yeah, um, yep. but I mean, as far as a waiver wire pickup, if I've got a if I've got a bench spot that's just rotting away or somebody that just isn't going to pan out, I have no problem with him. Well, I think too, what you can't discount is that the Browns are in the hunt right now. It's true. And That's Baker true. Mayfield knows it, and you may not like Baker Mayfield, but the dude can put it together when he has to. And right now, I mean, we don't know how long they're going to be riding Case Keenum. And Case Keenum actually looked pretty decent throwing the ball in that offense. So, and once once Chubb comes back, that will take a little bit of pressure off the pass catchers. Absolutely, yeah. good good point. I, I'm definitely excited to see this offense once he comes back. Um, and, and Case Keenum, just a true professional. Obviously, his time with Stefanski and the success they had in Minnesota weighs into what we saw on Thursday night when they got yep. that W. Um, but overall, all right, you, you heard it here. Donovan people, Jones, Nate's saying to go out and buy low on him. Scott, who you got here for us? I've got somebody who I already have stashed, but it's possible he's hitting waiver wires or you could get him pretty cheap. And that's Trey Lance quarterback, San Francisco 49ers. So the reason I have him as a buy low, this is more of a, um, a little bit more of a long play. A little bit more of a, this is not somebody you want to pick up to win you your game in week eight, obviously. Right. He's banged up. 
Garoppolo is still kind of the starter. Um, but what I'm looking at with Trey Lance, I'm looking at that end of season schedule. He, the, the 49ers, as far as as far as the current fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position, have one of the easiest remaining schedules. Uh, their fantasy, there's fantasy playoffs. Um, I had it somewhere. Um, their fantasy playoffs are against Atlanta, Tennessee, and Houston, both top, bottom six defenses against against the quarterback. And I mean, really, between week 11 and week 17, they only really have a couple of a couple of tough matchups. And I mean, that's kind of when I'm looking at Trey Lance potentially becoming uh, relevant to your fantasy teams is more that kind of week 10, week 11 time frame. So he hasn't panned out. He hasn't hit hard right away like everybody expects rookies to. So you might be able to get him cheap. That's not a, that's not a terrible call. Uh, and cool. especially – <laughs> it's a good call. Um, I think what punctuates it for me is the running back situation in San Francisco, and Trey Lance is a mobile quarterback. So, and Jimmy Garoppolo is not. I mean, he's just a plodding. He's like a giraffe. He can't. The dude can't run. I mean, but Trey Lance can. So yes, Elijah Mitchell looked good on Sunday night. Great. But if they have the option to use Trey Lance's arm and his legs, I think that's a situation Kyle Shanahan's going to lean into. And against these weaker defenses, like to your point, Scott, in the playoffs, when he's actually probably starting, I mean, he could be he could ball out. He could be a guy who's getting you 35 to 40 points a game because of the rushing upside and because Debo Samuel. Yeah, he's just one of those guys where, I mean, entering the draft season, I was stashing him for potential league-winning upside, you know? Mm-hmm. And now some of the season has happened, and I was not i don't know if anyone was expecting him to just start winning your league by now. So it hasn't really changed that much to me. So if people start dropping him, if he becomes cheap, I still – I'll take that risk if I've got a bench spot or that potential ceiling down the road for him. And, and you know, hopefully he'll have George Kittle back. So – so J- Jimmy Giraffalo, what do you guys think of that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that works for me. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I'm definitely in agreeable here. If, if you're having issues at quarterback right now, if you don't have one of these top 10 guys, that's probably where I'm looking at, you know, 12-team leagues, 16-team leagues. Um, and, you know, don't forget about Deshaun Watson probably just lying around there too. Like he, chances are he might be traded here within the next week. So if you need – Nate's shaking his head no, but – He's going to end up on Nate's Denver Broncos probably for that one. You No. Do you, do you not see the report earlier today about Watson? No. So uh, Miami and Houston have a deal done. Terms. They've come to terms on a deal. But one of the terms is that they want him cleared of all criminal charges before they'll make the trade. So they're what? pending. Yes. That's a problem because that's not going to happen before the trade deadline. If it, I mean, it could. I'm not saying it won't. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a judge. I have no knowledge of the legal system. Right. But the chance, I mean, really, he has 10 felony charges that are being looked at by a grand jury. Is that grand jury going to be like, oh, he wants to play football. Let's expedite this. I don't think Watson's playing this season. I don't think it's happening. Interesting. Scott, did you hear that? I didn't didn't catch that. No, I, I I had not seen that a deal had been made with those caveats. Um, I had not seen that. I mean, I've, I honestly have not thought about Deshaun Watson really once since this season started, to be honest. Yeah. As far as like a viable fantasy player, definitely. Personally, well, for, for all the, for all the reasons, um, Mm -hmm. I have not, I just, I, 
didn't look his way in any in, in, in drafts, you know, it just, so. I, I'm on a roster. I'm, I'm like not out of choice, but it's a dynasty super flex. You know what I mean? So you're kind of like handcuffed. Oh yeah. I'm talking, I mean, I'm talking about redraft. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, my, my gut's telling me, no, he's not playing this year. Yeah, I don't. That's been my gut from the beginning is that there's no way. No doubt. Well, all right. Well, Deshaun Watson might be off the market, so we might not see him this year. Um, But Trey Lance is a guy that Nate's suggesting we do target here heading into week eight. Like that call, Nate, the 49ers, they might not have much more to play for here in a couple weeks. (laughs) But it was Scott. It wasn't me. I just agreed. My apologies. You're fine. We've been talking about a lot of stuff. (laughs) All right, guys. All right, Seth. Nate said Kirk Cousins. (laughs) <laughs> I I would never. Also, he's <laughs> rostered like Jimmy Giraffalo. <laughs> Jimmy Giraffalo. All right, guys. Moving on from Jimmy Giraffalo. Let's go to and this might be a little hot takey. People out there might be a little surprised by this, but I'm gonna go with Julio Jones. I'm calling my shot here. I mean, I get guys, he has not performed this season. Wide receiver 64 on the season, only has one double digit PPR game that came back in week two. Um, no touchdowns on the year for him. But I think the thing to realize right now is we haven't seen a healthy Julio Jones since at least sometime in week three. Um, He hasn't logged a 70% snap share since that breakout game in week two. Um, So, and I, I, I'm just like going to bet on the talent here. I'm going to bet on the Titans a little bit. The Titans have definitely proved to be a better team than I thought they were going to be this season. That defense has really stepped up, but I think that defense is more of a fluke that we're seeing. Like, Unless some of these like lower level players are are really for real right now, um, I just feel like they've been playing a little bit bigger than their shoes right now. So I think they're going to need to establish this passing game one way or the other. Whether the defense levels out a little bit and they're trailing in games more, or if it's just to to get ready for the playoffs. Because if they want a serious shot at winning these playoffs, like yes, they can ride Derrick Henry so far, but Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, AJB. They all have to be on the same page heading into the playoffs. So they're going to pe- compete with Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, um, even Justin Herbert, if you want to throw him in there as well. Um, so I'm definitely targeting Julio Jones this week specifically because I think this is when we're going to see the rebound. I think he's getting healthy finally. Um, he's going to log more snaps hopefully this week. And he has the Colts. The, Col- the Colts are on the docket in week eight. They just gave up a big a, a big game to Debo. Uh, in a in a huge rainstorm as well. Um, and, and the prior two weeks, Brandon Cooks had a big week, over 90 yards, and Hollywood Brown had that two-touchdown performance all in the second half against this Colts team. So bad secondary there. And the Rams, believe it or not, have not had a great secondary either. Khalif Raymond just went pretty yard on them here um, in Jared Goff's return to Los Angeles. And DK Metcalf as well also um, had a big game against them lately. So I... I think that Julio Jones, he's a guy I'm going to try to trade for him this week. Like we don't have to give up much. Like I'm talking, you know, maybe like if I'm strong at RB, maybe like a a Michael Carter or something like that. Maybe try to get like Julio Jones. I'd toss like Michael Carter and a a lower end wide receiver, try to get back a lower end RB and, and, and Julio Jones, or maybe just, you know, throw another struggling wide receiver to him, Allen Robinson and like an AJ Dillon, you know, kind Tyler, of like a Tyler Boyd, Tyler yeah, Boyd, Tyler would be Boyd too. yeah, someone that you really aren't excited about playing, but I mean, I think talent's going to win out eventually here. If Julio can stay healthy. So I'm buying low. Yeah, that's a smart buy. And given their schedule and I mean, they're playing better and Tannehill's looked better and 
they just obliterated the Chiefs, so they're full of confidence. And I think Julio's going to start getting far more involved in this offense. As long as he can stay on the field, I mean, yeah. you're not going to get him for cheaper than you can get him right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with Julio for a while now, it's always just been his health. He's just got that he's got that hamstring. And hamstrings can just be yeah. fickle like that. I've, just ask I've Will Fuller. A, I've pulled a hamstring before playing sports, and it was just like I waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. And I felt great and I tried to run and there it went. It was just yeah. like it's such a it's such a tricky thing. So and I mean he plays so physically, he plays so fast that it's just it's it's a it's it's a roll of the dice with him now that he's gotten older i think i mean if you can get him if you can give him a, get him as a buy low um that potential um in that offense that's now improved um when he's healthy i mean we, we all saw that circus catch he had like mm-hmm. i mean he's still doing that he's still doing that he still can dominate a game so i think Nate hit it on the head you're never going to get him probably lower than right now Yep. 100%. Like, like I'm willing to throw out someone who I'm not, you know, a couple people that I'm not really starting right now just to take the shot. It might not pay off. And, it, you know, if that happens, he sits on my bench for, you know, a couple weeks. To, maybe I drop him or get rid of him in a couple weeks. Like, I'm willing to take the risk. The big name's still there. And I think at the end of the day, the talent's still there as well. Guys, I want to move, move forward to some some people we're going to be buying low. Um, it is shopping season, guys. Black Friday is around the corner. Christmas is coming up. Um, let's go on a little shopping spree, Nate. Who who you got for your first buy low for us, buddy? So for, for my Sahel, excuse me my 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 buy low, I feel like deja vu. Um, so my sell high is going to be Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz has been fantastic this season, way more than I think anybody thought he was going to be. He's a tight end five in PPR format right now, Woo. which is great with a His, buy. Right with a buy. His value is like up here right now. Michael Gallup is about to come back. He was activated from IR. He's ready to go. We know Dak likes Michael Gallup. We've seen it in the past. He loves throwing to Michael Gallup. You don't think he's going to be excited to get one of his favorite targets back? And who's that going to eat into? Because it's not going to be CeeDee Lamb, and it's not going to be Amari Cooper. It's going to be Dalton Schultz. It's it. It's not great, but we also we didn't expect Dalton Schultz to do a ton. So you were getting him at the back end of drafts anyways. And now you can deal him and actually get something that can help you win at this point. Because I think there's a, there's a dip coming for Dalton Schultz. And would, this you is, look, would you be looking for like a, a running, like trade Schultz and a lesser running back for a better running back and like a worse tight end? Is that kind of what you're looking for, you think, Nate? So I'm looking for like a high-end RB2. Okay. Um, and then a, a serviceable flex option. Um, Khalif Raymond comes to mind. Rashad Bateman is someone I'd take because I don't think that what he's going to be is caught up to most fantasy players yet. So there's there's a belief that he's not going to do much when he's about to explode in that offense because um, he's looked phenomenal in his two starts. The volume hasn't been there yet, but I would take that over a Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz has been awesome for me in a couple of leagues. Mm-hmm. I've been riding him as a flex option. Honestly, like I, I have Mark Andrews in a couple of leagues or like TJ Hawkinson, like Scott Fishbowl. I got him real late and, and been riding him in a couple of dynasty leagues. I had him stashed and he's definitely been great, but Nate, I definitely think you make the, that's a fair point. If you're worried about Michael Gallup, now's your time to sell him. Yep. I, I still like, I, I, I might think Dalton Schultz is for real though. I'll be honest to guys. I think like, I think like when you have so many talented wide receivers out there that 
you know, I, I just think Dalton Schultz is kind of a matchup nightmare for some of these linebackers. He's a pretty quick dude. Um, I, but but you make a very valid argument, Nate. S- Scott, w- split split the difference here. W- would you be selling Dalton Schultz high? I mean, I think that I think it's an excellent point with Michael Gallup. I don't know enough about how Dallas operates their offense to know if you know if Gallup comes back. Does that does that directly mean Dalton Schultz not on the field? If he's the pass catching tight end, wouldn't he be on the field and Gallup coming in take away from somebody else? But I, again, I don't know. I don't know enough about the inner workings of their offense to know the answer to that. In, more generally, I, I can't imagine Dalton Schultz, you know, his tar- his target share, his his receptions going up when Michael Gallup returns. Right, absolutely. Uh, from, from from injury, so I'm a little bit on the fence on this one though, because I'm it's a little bit of recency bias with me too, because he saved my tight end position on multiple teams this year. Yeah. Um, with people like Johnny Smith and Blake Jarwin, of course. Um, so. It would depend a little bit on how high my trade partner was willing to go for a Dalton Schultz. Mm-hmm. That's the only other problem is is he still hasn't like he still hasn't grabbed that top top end uh, reputation. You know what I mean? He's still just he's he's Dalton Schultz. So I, I'm just not sure what I'd be able to get for him. But with with the way the tight ends look, and you just you flash that PPR tight end five, you flash his stats in front of somebody, um, you you might be able to get a good return on him. Yeah, we, we didn't see Darren Waller play in week seven. George Kittle is not returning quite yet, too. So there's definitely a need for tight end out there. Scott, who is your sell high name here heading into week eight? So mine's a little interesting. It, it has some contextual things. Mine is DK Metcalf. Now, I'm a Seahawks fan. I just recently watched the worst football game I think I've ever seen last night. So there's a little bit of recency bias there. But here's my here's my logic on it. This, unlike Trey Lance, this is a win now move. This is a I need to win right now move, because DK Metcalf still had that long touchdown, so his box score box score still looks really good from last night against against Lattimore. Um, I mean, I wish I could get fantasy points for drawing personal foul penalties that probably should have been called on you, but you don't get those. So. The problem with DK Metcalf is after his long touchdown, he didn't have another target for 38 minutes in the game. He ended up with five. But one of those targets was that weird last second desperation heave on fourth and 100 by Geno Smith. So my point with DK Metcalf is that offense, that passing game, the offense in general is in shambles without Russell Wilson, as expected. I don't know what they're going to do if they're going to stick with Geno Smith, if they're going to give Jacob Eason a shot, if they're going to bring somebody else in. I have no idea. But I just – I think that – DK Metcalf and you, especially Tyler Lockett, are just very volatile starts in fantasy for the next three, four weeks um, until Russell gets back. So if I'm in win now mode, I mean he's tight. He's wide receiver PPR wide receiver eight still. He's still a stud. So I mean I'm not saying just give him away, but I think you could get a pretty decent RB two and probably a pretty decent wide receiver two uh, for DK Metcalf still. And if you need to win now, that might be your might be your way to go. I mean, I have a hard time with this just because I love DK Metcalf, which is crazy because you're a Seahawks fan. Yeah. <laughs> Versus me. I, I hear what you're saying. If you have to win now, then yeah, you can. If As long as you're deep enough at receiver to absorb losing a DK Metcalf, or you think you can get a receiver of equal value for DK Metcalf, I'm for it. Um, yeah. I mean, on the premise that you're trying to win right this week, 100%, I agree. I'm I'm with you too, Scott. I think 
I think right now we, we've seen what Geno Smith's ceiling is. It's not great. That He's kind of even lucky he had that long touchdown that wasn't called back, too. I was surprised. That, that seems so out of place in that game. It's just yeah. like, what was that? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So we'll see what happens with DK Metcalf moving forward, but I, I think we're all pretty conclusive. If you can get something good for him, now might be the time. Yep. All right, I, w- I want to round out temperature check here, guys, with my final sell high candidate, and that's going to be Debo Samuel. And, like, again, this is a tough one because Debo has really carried a lot of fantasy teams up to this point. I know this is tough to hear, but he might be at his peak. We don't know what's going to happen. We already kind of touched on it earlier. I'd, I'm not expecting Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, unless they come out and maybe win, like, the next three games in a row or two of the next three, which I think they have the Cardinals and – um, the Rams in two of those games. So they have some tough games coming up and I, I don't expect them to, to win too many of them. Um, so I'm expecting Trey Lance to eventually get this job. Um, the, the trade deadline's also right around the corner too. So maybe we see Jimmy G shipped out. I, I'm not really sure what they're looking for in him at this point. And we kind of heard Kyle Shanahan over the weekend um, kind of give like a pretty dismal. Yeah. He's a starter for now. So I just think, I mean, while Scott touched on on Trey Lance being a valuable fantasy asset, I just don't think he's going to be that valuable for Debo Samuel, at least to to what we're seeing right now. George Kittle's eventually going to come back as well. Jeff Wilson's another playmaker we could see back here in November. I just don't think it's going to get much better. And, like, I'm cool with keeping Debo Samuel. Like, there's a chance I could see him still finishing as a wide receiver one on the season like he has been so far. But if I could, you know ship him out for like a Nick Chubb and, and a lesser wide receiver, Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman, or, you know, Aaron Jones and, and one of those receivers, like I'm totally cool with that. I don't, I don't know what the, what the gauge is out there on Debo Samuel if other people are low on him. But like you, like you said earlier, Scott, you kind of, or Scott, you show them those stats, you show them that wide receiver. I think he's PPR wide receiver six, possibly five, yeah. five on yeah. the season. So, yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to s- enough to sell him, I think. I mean, given what San Francisco is and his value right now, I mean, he's had some enormous games. Yeah, I'd sell him. You can get a fair amount back. I mean, his his, his value is never going to be higher. I kind of – I think about him and Mike Williams in the same breath. Yeah. Like, I mean, here's the thing, though. It's like we always, we always have these conversations, and, you know, it doesn't mean – you know, we want people to know it doesn't mean we don't like these players. All we're talking about is the potential value you could get at this point for a given player. And Debo's will probably never be higher. Um, I mean, nobody saw a wide receiver five after seven, well, six, six games for him. Uh, nobody saw that. No. The only reason I'm hesitant about as far as it not continuing is the issue we all thought we were going to have with the 49ers pass catchers all season was either Debo getting in Ayuk's way or Ayuk getting in Debo's way, with Kittle obviously there as well. Ayuk seems to have disappeared. He's no longer present in this universe. Um, <laughs> so, so, I mean, there is there is that. Um, maybe Ayuk turns it around. But, oh, man, he looked bad on Sunday night. Holy crap. I mean, he looked – Yeah. what's so weird about Ayuk is, just, is that last year, one of my thoughts on him was he looked like a veteran. He looked like a polished player. And yeah. he just regressed to yeah. – it's, it's bizarre anyway. Um, but yeah, like with any of these that we're talking about, I mean, if you can, if you can get a King's ransom for Debo Samuel at this point, it's probably worth it. hundred percent, hundred percent. 
Guys, this has been a great uh, selling, buying discussion here in Temperature Check. Um, let's go ahead and move forward in the show with our next segment, Matchup Management, once again presented by Underdog Fantasy. That's right. Underdog Fantasy is awesome. If you haven't played on Underdog, now is like a, the best time to get started. So if you sign up today with the promo code IBT, they're going to match your initial deposit up to $100. You put $100 in, you have $200 to play with. It doesn't get better than that. Um, they have amazing pick'em contests where you can stack up to five props and win 20 times your money. That's fantastic. Nobody else has anything like that going on right now, at least not with that kind of payout. Plus, you've got the one-week drafts. They're 12 team, they're 16, oh, yeah. they're three team. You go in, you draft. It's not like draft Kings where everybody's taking the same players and you're looking for that one guy who goes off that week. And that's the only way you win. <clears throat> These are straight up normal head to head fantasy matchups. So hop onto your app store on your Mac or your Mac. Ha. I don't, I don't have an iPhone hop onto the app store on your iPhone Get onto the Google Play Store on your Android, download the app, make a $10 deposit minimum. You're going to get 100% match up to 100 bucks. Make sure you sign up with the code IBT. Get playing today. Who you got? Matchup management. Who's it going to be? All right, you guys know how matchup management works. I'm going to go through a series of players who were either disappointments or breakouts here in in week seven. We're going to tell you what our our confidence is on a scale of one to ten that they should be in your starting lineups heading into week eight. Guys, I want to start with Daryl Williams. He was a part of that dismal game for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, who saw just the beatdown that came from the Tennessee Titans? Um, you know, I, I, I definitely didn't. Um, here, Daryl Williams, he comes back into the fold now against the Giants who beat up on the, on the Carolina Panthers here in week seven, too. Um, so only eight PPR points for Daryl Williams, who's still in for the veteran, uh, injured Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. So Daryl Williams, he, he's back with us. Um, are, are you excited to play Daryl Williams guys heading into this, um, matchup against the Giants? They're ranked 22nd against the RB right now. Um, they've given up, you know, three pretty big games, um, in the last couple of weeks, uh, other than Ch Chuba Hubbard was held to under 10 PPR points, but Zeke, um, Daryl Henderson, the, between those two, they had, uh, three TDs in two weeks, both had great RB one performances on the week. So Daryl Williams, is he in your lineups this week? And if so, what's your level of confidence on him? Yeah. I mean, if I have him, I'm probably starting him cause I'm he's filling in for somebody who's injured. Um, I'm at like a six and a half to seven. Okay. Just cause I'm concerned, concerned about the chiefs offense, but I mean, yeah, six and a half, seven, I'd start him and just understand that his ceiling might be kind of low this week. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at a six. Um, I mean, man, did he really picked a, the wrong week to lay a big turd on the field. With six yeah. teams on by, I was so excited on all the teams I had him. I was like, oh, look at this diamond in the rough I found for Bayonado, and then just cursed black. But, you know, that game seemed a little fluky for the Chiefs. I mean, they're not going to put up three points. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes didn't even get, get any garbage time points in that game. That's not going to happen very often. Right. Um, the Giants, 
they, they don't have as good of an offense as Tennessee. So I think that Kansas City is going to win this game handily, and I think he's going to get more than five carries this week. Yes. So, right. um, and he's getting targeted, you know, he's four or five targets a game since he kind of took over for CEH. So I, I'm starting him. I'm, I'm somewhat confident. Like, if I have him at my RB2, I'm kind of like, okay, if I have him at a flex, then I'm, I'm pretty excited. But um, kind of low ceiling, high floor I see for him this week. I'm with you guys on there. Yeah. I think you kind of summed it all up. We'll see what happens. Darrell Williams here. Probably don't have a better choice heading into week eight, but we'll see how it shakes out, guys. Um, another player I want to talk who's kind of been a little disappointing just throughout the whole season, really, is T. Higgins. Obviously, we've seen Jamar Chase. You guys probably know the escalades right now, or the accolades if you've been paying any attention in the NFL. He's breaking records, uh, mo- most receiving yards through seven games ever for a rookie um, it's just been an, an utter sensational performance from Jamar Chase. Joe Burrows looked phenomenal while doing as well, but it's kind of left Tyler Boyd really out to dry lately. And T. Higgins, since he came back from injury, he's been okay. Um, 13.2 PPR points here in week seven, seven for 62, not too bad, but 15 targets, 15 targets for T. Higgins, which was really great to see. He's going up against the Jets here in week eight, which you know, on the surface, you think the Jets are pretty awful, but we talked about it a couple times. Those young corners are playing really good, and the way you beat the Jets is on the ground. They're ranked 32nd to opposing RBs, while they're ranked third against wide receivers. So, you know, it, it's a dicey call here. Like, like there's not a lot of teams on by, so you kind of have options. Um, Scott, what, what, what's your level of confidence on throwing T. Higgins out there this week? I'm basically the same with him as I was with Daryl Williams. I'm at a six with T. Higgins. Um, and oddly enough, part of that is the matchup. It just seems so bizarre to be, you know, worried about a matchup against the Jets. <laughs> right. I mean, here's the deal. They've been, they as far as fantasy points allowed, they have been top five. Now, whether that means teams can run it so easily so they don't need to pass or they're actually good at defending the pass, that doesn't matter. They're not giving up the points, you know? So, um so I'm a little I'm a little hesitant with him, but at the same time, with the talent, he's another one of those guys. If I got him, I don't see who I'm starting over him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially in especially in leagues with, you know, if you've got a couple of different flex spots, um, or three three wide receiver leagues, like I don't think I have a deep enough bench to start anybody over T Higgins. Yeah, Jamar Chase is insane. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so I'm at like a I'm going to say seven on T Higgins. I think that Cincinnati is going to absolutely throttle the Jets on Sunday. And I think that you're going to see enough of their coverage going towards Jamar Chase that's going to open up Higgins a little bit, as it should every week. And we saw it last week, 15 targets. So he's getting open more often. I can see T. Higgins having kind of a big game. And I think Jamar Chase is going to have a big game too. But I think they could hang 50 on this Jets team. We just saw New England do it. Dude, so. Matt Jones just did it. And I think I don't yeah. think it's and I think Cincinnati's a better team. Yeah, it, it'll depend how hard they want to go, how much they want to show, because they do have some tougher slate matchups on the slate coming back up with some of those division rivals um coming sure. back. Sure. So but I mean, yeah, we'll, we, I, I think mean it, it, and to Scott's point, if you have T. Higgins on your roster, chances are you don't have a better option than T. Higgins to start. In whatever place cute. you have to start him. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, Don't get cute. Yeah, yeah not getting it's, cute. It's getting probably cute. See, That's what it is. Probably see anywhere from seven to eleven targets. So I'm definitely interested yep. in T. Higgins this week. I'm in a few of those CJ Zoma touchdowns to go to T. Higgins. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. 
Speaking oh, of dudes man. that won me matchups turned by NATO. Dude, a lot of people. Super yeah, proud. Super proud boyfriend moment. Uh, last week, Katie picked up CJ Uzama, threw him in the lineup in Scott Fishbowl, just dominated for her. Um, I was really proud on that one. She did a great job. Um, moving forward, guys, Antonio Gibson. He has been, I mean, talk about a roller coaster ride. Really have not seen the upside we saw last year. I mean, we talked about it. A, a lot of his fantasy points came in, you know, select handful of games last season, one of them on Thanksgiving. Um, back-to-back disappointing performances. Here in week seven, outsnapped by J.D. McKissick, the scat back, 45-29. to 29. Obviously, the bad defense has led to you know disappointing outcomes for Antonio Gibson, still, still dealing with that shin injury as well. Um, this week, they, they're, you know, Nate's de- sad Denver Broncos. <laughs> uh, that, that's who they got this week. Dearness Johnson on Thursday night football just tore them apart. So where are you guys at on Antonio Gibson? I don't expect Denver to be nearly the offensive opponent that they face lately. So this could be a game that they're kind of in it from the start. I'm, I'm around a seven on Antonio Gibson. Um, I just still, I still believe in the talent. I still believe just, a, a, I think a massive game is coming. I mean, all the numbers are there to see, show why he's been disappointing. I mean, he hasn't been getting the targets. That's been going to McKissick. He's under four yards of carry. You know, he hasn't been super efficient. He's battled some injury. You know, there, there's a couple games there where it felt like just pins and needles. Is he going to, is he going to stay, is he going to stay upright during this game? Um, and Denver, I mean, they got torched by Darren Johnson, but they're going to have a long rest after that. And they, their numbers still show they're pretty strong against the run. All that being said, um, I'm still I'm still rolling Antonio Gibson out there, no question. Um, I mean, we could beat a dead horse with this comment, but there's no one, especially with all the injuries, that um, I'm starting over him. But even outside of that, I still have confidence in him. And I think he just, I, even without all of the pass catching we were hoping for, the CMC 2.0 thing, um, I still just think he's a, he's a guy that could take it to the house on any, on any given play. I still think that ceiling's there. Um, yards per carry can be misleading. So I'm still rolling him out there. I'm at a seven. I'd say I'm at about an eight, depending on his health status. That's my only concern. If yeah. he's still, if he's still slow in practice, if he's still limited, when Washington goes up in this game by a couple touchdowns, you're going to see a reduced usage of Mc of Gibson. And I like not to like punctuate the sad Broncos fan thing, but like really this defense, um, their stats are really pumped up by those first three weeks against three really bad teams. Yeah, the same with against, Carolina. Yeah, same with Carolina. And now you're seeing what Denver really is, which is a defense with a lot of holes in it that has dealt with a lot of injuries. Our secondary isn't great. Teams are easily throwing the ball against Denver, and they're not having a problem running it. Nothing against Jaren's Johnson, but man, that was that performance was aided by the Denver defense. So if Gibson's full speed, I mean, this could be a hundred yard two touchdown game for him easy yeah would you guys like uh, my my issue i just think it's a low floor for gibson which i hate to say that like like that's the only thing we're risking here a little bit that i think viewers listeners they need to be conscious of is you know he's only seen three targets max since week one Uh, jd mckissick seems like he has the higher floor right now if you're looking for a floor play would you rather throw out McKissick right now, who's you know seen five plus targets in a majority of games? I would, if you're looking for a floor play. If you're but... looking for a floor play, 
<laughs> floor play. Um, then I'd say that's that, that's probably a good. I don't know. I still like Antonio. I think part of the reason too is the game scripts have not necessarily been in the football team's favor. Yeah, this could I, be one. And I feel like this game, not that they're going to blow Denver out, but it's it's they're not going to get blown out by Denver. Yeah. No. In my in my opinion, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm curious to see what will happen if he gets, you know, because he's had a couple games. He had a game of 20, 20 carries. Um, you know, I mean, not many running backs are getting 20 carries in any any given game these days. Um, so so I'm curious to see what will happen. Um, again, I, I'm comfortable rolling him out there as my RB2. He's my RB1. I'm a little concerned about that. Like, yeah. say, for instance, in Scott Fishbowl, where I also have David Montgomery. But yeah. as an RB2... I'm still rolling them out there. I'm not giving up yet. All right, guys. Last one for you here. Michael Carter. Um, Michael Carter, you know, he's he was a guy we really staked our flag in. IBT as a whole early in the offseason. Yeah, Baker Mayfield on the Oklahoma 50-yard line. You guys know how it goes. But three, <laughs> it's been three straight double-digit performances from the rookie. Um, saw 72% of the snaps here in Week 7. No Tevin Coleman. He got hurt late in, in, in the week in practice. So – it might just be him and Ty Johnson back out there. We really don't know. Um, and it's either going to be Mike White or Joe Flacco here. Um, Mike White would obviously probably give you more confidence um, in Michael Carter just because he checked down an insane amount of times. I think it was like 14 targets to running backs last week. Um, Bengals, that's who they're going up against. We already kind of previewed that matchup a little bit. 17th against opposing running backs. So, you know, a, a very mid-level defense, I'd say. They they have faced some really good backs, though. Um with that said, let's assume Joe Flacco is going to be the starter because I would imagine if they went out and traded it for him, he's going to be the starter. What is your on the scale? What is your guys' confidence here in Michael Carter? I'm at like a six. I like his upside, but I don't. I'm concerned if it's Flacco, and it probably will be Flacco. They're probably going to throw the ball more than they do with Zach Wilson. <laughs> Well, and Flacco's a deep shot specialist, too. Exactly. We've always known him to stretch the field a little bit. Scott, are you kind of getting the same vibes? Yeah, I'm in the same five or six range. I will say Michael Carter did make his first appearance in the top 36 PPR running backs this week. Yeah. So he snuck in there. there. Um, Him and Kenyon Drake joined the top 36 this week. But um, is Tevin Coleman still going to be out? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he is. I do not have – he Carter's one of those guys. Like there were, there were a fair amount of guys this past week during Bynado where they're on my bench. I don't hate them. I'm not dropping them, and I was forced to play them, and they came through. Like a Russell Gage and a Brian Edwards and a Michael Carter. Yeah. So um, I think he start his his usage is there's an uptick in his usage, um, and you know the Bengals have been playing pretty well. So this could be a game script that could, even though Joe Flacco is not known for a lot of passes out of the backfield, um, you know if we're talking. RB3 flex flex territory. I, I'm at about a five or a six of confidence with him. More so than I was a few weeks ago. I mean, it, it was looking pretty grim mm-hmm. as the season progressed with him. Um, but last few weeks have been refreshing. Last thing I'll say about the, the rookie there out of North Carolina is if I do have him in any fantasy leagues, this might be a time I'm looking to sell him. People are kind of thin at, on RB right now. Like I, I, I kind of mm-hmm. talked about him as someone I would maybe put in a package to try to get Holdio Jones. That's something I'd still consider. Like I like Michael Carter. I think he's going to have a strangle in that backfield, and that could that could totally backfire on me. He could take this Jets backfield and, and be super relevant. But I feel like the last time we've seen a, a Jets 
running back be very good. It was like Elijah McGuire in like 2017, 2018. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at this as an opportunity to sell high on him. Guys, let's go ahead and move into our final segment of the night, Short Things Sleepers of the Week. Once again, presented by our friends over at Stevens Quality Barbering Services. Guys, if you need a haircut, I need to get myself back in, actually. I was just there a couple weeks ago, but I need to freshen up. Um, Stevens Quality Barbering Service is the place to go. They're on State Street in Kerwinsville, PA. Been going my guy Noah for about seven years now. Uh, I'll always enjoy, you know, it's a quality conversation, a quality haircut at a quality price. So if you guys want to get hooked up by Noah, if you want to get in there, get freshened up. The holidays are right around the corner. I need to get cut. I need to get trimmed up for the holidays. I need to be looking my best when I finally see some family again after not seeing them for maybe a year plus. Um, so I'm going to be checking in at stevens-quality.genbook.com to book an appointment there in Kerwinsville, PA with our boy, Noah Stevens. All right, guys. And with that said, let's go ahead and move to Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. It's the Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week. All right, guys, you guys know Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. If you haven't listened or watched our show before, what we try to do in Sure Things is just give you guys some players who are either, you know, on the lower side of your bench or um, players you could pick up still and plug into your lineup and have some confidence heading into week eight here. Um, Let's start with um, who had the worst by NATO experience out of you and Scott, who had a worse experience? I want to give some, give some generosity to them. Well, I'll start. I'll start. I somehow, some way, it was one of those weeks. I think I tweeted about it early on. I really hope the players I'm being forced to play that I would really never play have good games. And that happened a fair amount. I went 11 and four in my, in my games. And and it would have been 12 and three. I played Dearness Johnson and Uzama against our friend third and short. <laughs> and I still lost because uh, Holmes scored like nine points. Right. I lost, I lost, lost by like that much. So he, he and I, he went, he and I were going back and forth. It was pretty fun. But yeah, I, I don't know. You know, sometimes that just happens. Like I had tons of buys. I had tons of teams with buys. It wasn't that I dodged the buys. It just, the fantasy gods were with me this week. So, Nate, were they with you? <laughs> uh, that's a no. <laughs> I had a couple leagues where, like, and it, uh, to be fair, these are much deeper leagues than normal redraft, <clears throat> where I had to start Denzel Mims. Whew. I had to start Josh Allen at quarterback because I didn't have, I, I literally had no other option and I tried to work and make some trades and nobody was oh. interested. And I wasn't going to, the thing was, is that I went into this by NATO week thinking I'm not selling the farm for one week. Right. If I lose, I lose. Right. If I have to start a guy who's going to get me 0.5 points or Justin Fields, who got me negative points. Like that's, <laughs> I'd rather lose this week and yeah. still maintain my rosters. So, I mean, it wasn't a great week, but we're through it and I'm just glad it's over. Yeah. I gotta right, tell you, my teams where I have Dak and CD stacked and Najee Harris, I love in the rest of the season. Love it. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nate, we'll go ahead and give you some generosity here, man. Take it away with your short thing, sleep of the week. So um, I was planning on talking about Alan Lazard earlier today. 
And then he went on the COVID list with Devontae Adams. So the Green Bay Packers this week are now without Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. That's painful. However, there's this guy that was a condition of Aaron Rodgers playing this season. They had to trade for him. You may have heard of him. His name is Randall Cobb. And he is going to feast this week because he is going. Aaron Rodgers knows him, loves him, wanted him. And now he's without Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. He's going to be the top target. He's already gone off once. And it makes sense that he's not getting a ton of volume given that offense and he's new and there's Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. They've been winning games a lot too. They haven't had right. to throw. Mm-hmm. Right. They haven't had to throw the ball as much. This week, even if they don't have to throw the ball a ton, Randall Cobb's going to be the guy getting all the targets. And if you have him on your roster, awesome. If you don't, you could you should probably go get him off the off. I mean, at this point, we're past waivers, so you can just get him as a free agent for the most part in most leagues. It's um, Tuesday, Nate. Your day ahead. Buddy. Oh my God, it is Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, so it's waiver. Go night. get him. Go get him. If you don't already have him rostered, go get him on waivers because he's good. If you need a one week big play, go get Randall Cobb. He's gonna blow it out of the park tonight. Or, Blow it out of the water, hit it out of the park, however you want to put it. He's going to have a massive game this week. All right. All right. Yeah. I mean, I him, mean I, Robert Tunyon hopefully can get involved too. And then uh, I don't have a lot of hope for can, that. Can we get a free Aaron Jones chant going back again? Because I mean, yeah, I, if, if there's a week to do it, AJ, man, let's let's pull through here, man. Speaking yeah, of hey, potential buy low, Aaron Jones might fish yes, a little bit sir. Fair. Yep. Yes, sir. I love that, Nate. I, I love that you've been breaking news to me because I've been tied up with work in the last couple hours and I haven't <laughs> had a chance to, to check on the Deshaun Watson or the, the Lazard news. So I appreciate that, man. Uh, we got Do what some, I can. We got some poll vote bombs over here dropping. Uh, Scott, who, who is your short thing heading into week eight? Uh, my short thing is a player we've mentioned before, but it's Kenneth Gainwell running back for the Philadelphia boy. Um, So this time around, it is very directly related to the fact that Miles Sanders hurt his ankle. And seemingly is out two to three weeks, I think was the last I saw. So now I don't I don't see Kenneth Gainwell stepping in and just being like a workhorse running back. That's not really how he's built. He doesn't really fit that mold. Now last week, Boston Scott annoyingly came in and grabbed seven carries to Gainwell's five. But you got to think about it. You know, they weren't expecting a, a Sanders injury, obviously. So they didn't have any time to plan for a Sanders injury. So typically when that kind of thing happens, the the running back playing Gainwell's role doesn't just change roles mid-game. He stays in his role and they put in a backup. So I think that's kind of what happened with Boston Scott. I'm not saying Kenneth Gainwell is going to take over that role. They also have Jordan Howard on their practice squad they can bring up. So it's still going to be a little bit messy. But at the same time, I just think he has the opportunity in the next few weeks, the way he catches the ball out of the backfield, the the electricity he has shown on some plays. Um, And just with their lack of weapons, really, all around. Uh, with the Eagles, that I think he's going to have a big game. And they're playing uh, – who are they playing? Uh, I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, man, Lions. Sorry, couldn't find it. They're playing the Detroit Lions, so who are bad against both running and pass-catching running backs. Yeah, battle the beat and baby. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready for a Kenneth, break, Kenneth Gainwell breakout game. 
Well, he's been calling it. He's been calling this shot, guys, since probably I think maybe before Kenneth Gainwell was even on the Eagles back mm-hmm. in April. Yeah, so, still in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, I like it, man. I think definitely if I have Gainwell, I'm firing him out in lineups. I, I'm comfortable spending a little bit of fab, depending what you have left on him as well this week. Good call with that, Scott. Yep, it's a good one. Round us. All right, Seth. Yeah, I'll round us out here, guys. Um, luckily, you know, no buy NATO this week. Just two teams on buy, as we mentioned, Baltimore and Las Vegas. So you might be looking for some tight end help out there with um, both Mark Andrews and Darren Waller, two top five tight ends out. So I'm going to go with Hunter Henry here. And, you know, I, I, I've been digging on Henry for a little bit, but four straight games with a TD. And it looks like Nate's guy, Mac Jones, has a real connection with this guy in the red zone. Yep. And, you know, I think shame on a lot of us in the industry who definitely undervalued Henry and his presence here in New England. He's always been a good PPR tight end. Um, John Smith is banged up. Season gets worse for him after the big contract as well. And, guys, a cu- couple things are, I think are really leaning in Hunter Henry's favor to have a big game. First, they're playing the Chargers. They allow the second most tight end points in PPR leagues to the position. So you got to love that. And once again, I said the Chargers, guys. This is a revenge game against a team that is the second worst against the position. I, I think Hunter Henry is just going to get fed here, honestly. I mean, he, he's been a great target. We, we've seen the receivers get involved a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Nelson Aguilar's had a little bit of a, a redemption tour. Um, Kendrick Bourne's been solid. Yes. Nate wrote about him in a column earlier today. And Jacoby Myers has been good. But I like Hunter Henry, man. I think he is a... Like if there was ever a time I was really confident in Hunter Henry, it's now. I agree. I, this could be a week where he has two touchdowns. Yep. And like 60, 70 yards receiving. They're going to be trailing too, probably. So so they're going to have to throw. Yeah, they are going to have to throw. And Mac Jones, like you said, like Hunter Henry is Mac Jones' boy. He loves him. And he, he can lean on him. He's like a safety blanket in the red zone these yeah. last four weeks. And I think we're going to see a lot of Hunter Henry this week. It's a good call. Yeah, I agree. I was, I'm eating crow on Hunter Henry. I thought it would be John o. Smith. I, I mean, it's not, it's not unreasonable to think that with that contract Johnny Smith got that they would try and get him the ball more often, but he's battled the same injury issues. And I was just wrong. I mean, Hunter Henry was a target monster in LA and, you know, he's kind of just doing the same thing he did with, with the Patriots and the young rookies looking his way. So I mean, he's a guy, short thing sleeper every week. He's a, he's a guy to pick up and potentially have as your tight end the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm definitely rolling. I'm rolling with Hunter Henry here in week eight. Excited to see that. I called the revenge game shot with David Johnson last week, which felt a lot ballsier. And that he came through with 10 PPR points, which is what we were hoping for. So I'll call it again, man. I'm all about that revenge game. Uh, let's see it for Hunter Henry here in week eight, guys. Um, yep. All right. Let's go ahead and move into the final segment of today's show, Weekly Advice. Weekly Advice. All right, those new to the show today, Weekly Advice is our way of concluding the majority of our shows with some feel good lifestyle advice to get you through the rest of your week and, you know, get you through whatever's coming up on the horizon right now on the horizon guys. It's none other than old man winter. He's knocking uh, days. They're getting shorter. All of a sudden they're getting colder. 
Um, you know, finally put on my winter jacket again last week for the first time in a while. Um, you know, I was around a fire over the weekend, so it was nice, but it was definitely chilly. Um, so I want to talk about how, you know, cause this is always a time seasonal depression is a big, a big issue with a lot of people, especially if you live anywhere that's remotely cold, um, in the Northeast, it's definitely a, a present issue. How do we continue to, you know, stay productive, stay active and stay happy during this colder season that's approaching? It's tough, man, <clears throat> especially because, I mean, for someone who has lived here for in the cold in Denver, Colorado, where it's cold, it's dry, it's snowy. It's hard, but I mean, find a workout you like on TV if you want to be super active, um, which sounds silly, but it's something Jen and I do. Like we find YouTube mm-hmm. workouts and stuff and just, just to get our blood moving and to get your mm-hmm. blood pumping. Even something as simple as like, do like 10 sit-ups and 10 push-ups in the morning when you wake up, get your blood flowing and go. And I always try and look at it as I just want this to go by as quickly as possible. And the busier I am, the more active I am during the winter, the quicker it goes. I don't want to just sit on the couch being sad that it's cold and dumb, yeah. and dark at four 30. <clears throat> so, I mean, do things that make you happy, do things that keep you energized, um, pick up a hobby which sounds like a weird thing. It sounded weird coming out of my mouth, but <laughs> like pick up a hobby, keep yourself busy. It's the find little things to keep yourself busy. Maybe there's a room you've been meaning to clean out for a while. What better time than when it's freezing cold and you can't go outside anyway, than to clear out that room and use it for something, repurpose it. We have a room I need to repurpose for an office. And I hope Jen's not watching. She's going to hold me to that now, <laughs> <laughs> but she definitely is watching. So Scott, what do you got for us? Um, You know, some of the same things. I think, I mean, it doesn't get as cold in Seattle, but it still is pretty miserable. I walked to get my girls from school today. It was just windy, rainy, cold. Yeah. But you just have to find a reason, even if it's for a little while, to get yourself outside. You just have to figure out a way and find a way. I work from home, so this backdrop you see behind me is basically where I am all the time. Yeah. And I'll, you know, I'll go, like yesterday, I don't, I went outside to let the dog out maybe that was it i was wrapped up in everything and then all of a sudden it was, I was going to bed and i was like wow i didn't really get any fresh air today so i think even if it's just a little bit even if it's just going outside and inhaling some fresh air going back inside it, it those, those little things add up in kind of preventing that you know that creeping seasonal depression from coming in when it's like nate said when it's dark and rainy and your team sucks if you're <laughs> yeah um, so, so that, that similar type of advice. It's, it's, it's a lot harder to do. I know, I know, like, especially if you like want to go outside and exercise, that sort of thing. It sucks. You're inside, you're cozy. You don't want to go outside, but gotta, you gotta find a way. I love that. I love that guys. My, my, my final piece of advice for, you know, c- trying to make this transition as smooth as possible with productivity um, wellness overall would, and it's actually a, a tip I got recently from a good friend of the show, Dan Turner, um, over there at champions round. And Dan told me it was a different context, but told me, you know, make a list. Uh, it was about something else, but it was, about, you know, make a list. And I think that really applies here because, uh, Katie and I have, have there you go. Yeah. Katie yeah. and I have, have talked about 
those for our, our, our uh, audio listeners, Scott just showed us a huge list that he has. Oh, yeah. And like right. Katie and I have been talking about things we have to do around the house before winter. And like, I was like, we need to make a list. Cause if I don't see it, I'm not going to do it. Same with like remembering to go out. Scott, I work from home too. Half the time I'm a hybrid worker. So there's, you know, Mondays and Wednesdays I'm home. And, you know, sometimes I have to be reminded to literally go outside. I know that sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but like there have been days, especially, you know, when you're not feeling the best, it's colder outside that like, I, it's like two days later. I'm like, Oh, I haven't been outside since like Monday and it's Wednesday. You know what I mean? So just, yeah, definitely make a list if you can. Um, wh- whether that's, you know, pr- productive things you want to do around the house or other things, you know, career related, um, or just, you know, fun things you want to do too. Cause there's definitely, you know, get, get your s- local kids out there, have a snowball fight, whatever it is guys. Um, but let's make the most of it. We still got, you know, another nine weeks of fantasy football seasons this year. Um, I- I'm super excited for what's down the pipeline guys. We're, we're going to have some really cool things as we get around the holiday season as well here at in between media. So make sure you guys stay with us. If you want to hit that subscribe button on YouTube, make sure you, you do that. Click that bell. We really appreciate all the support, not just tonight, but every night of the season, guys. Um, we got content coming out for you Monday through Sunday. And we're going to continue to do that every day of the week until the end of the season, guys. So you're stuck with us. Um, we'll be back next week. Until then, guys, keep it in between. The in-between fantasy football podcast. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what you can.